Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel name. Hello and welcome to the Fighting Cop Podcast. Very special podcast because I'm joined by one Charlie Eccleshare. And I love that surname, by the way, Charlie, because I like Eccles cakes and, and you should share them because they are great. It's funny, like, I, I, when I was a lot younger, I probably had people would sort of, yeah, make Echo Share jokes and I hadn't had right. it for years. And then yesterday someone did it. And now today, it's really coming along. Uh, yeah, You're welcome. In a cluster. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll sort of be on the lookout now for it. <laughs> people know you because you have been writing for The Athletic since 2019. Before that, you did The Telegraph. Yeah. And are you still doing the Football Cliches podcast? Very much so, yeah. And if so, so just like let's do the plug. What 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 is it about? What what sets the football cliches podcast apart apart from others? And why should people listen to it if they subscribe well, to the Athletic? Well, and you don't need to be subscribed to the Athletic to listen okay. to it. Uh, you can listen to it. You get it ad free with the Athletic, and we've also got a live show uh, next week. But it is sold out, so there's not really any point in me plugging that. But the the pod itself, it's it's 
it's niche in a way. I mean, it's talking about the language of football and kind of the eccentricities of it. And yeah, but it, but it kind of goes beyond that. It's um, it, it, if you, you, you'll kind of listen to an, ep- listen to an episode and you'll either get it and be like, I just, I'm so on the wavelength of these guys, or you'll be like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> um, so yeah, give it a go. And you'll be one of those two extremes probably. All right. Wicked. Um, all right. So let's, let's get into it, Charlie. Cause I haven't got much of your time. Um, it is transfer season. How does that change for a journalist? Like, do you, do you look towards the transfer window and think, brilliant, I'm not going to have to think of anything to write about? Or is it like, there's going to be so much f- nonsense out there? How do you, how do you pick through it? What's your, <laughs> what's your opinion of it? Yeah, it is sort of a combination of those things. It, there are definitely challenges with it. Um, and it can be, you kind of have to make peace in a way with the fact that to an extent, transfers are the absolute priority for most supporters, most subscribers, yeah, which I totally get because transfers that there's a kind of fantasy element to that, that is just so exciting. You know, that this idea that suddenly this player who I've liked and I've watched might be coming to my club. It's incredible. So we definitely have a responsibility to do that justice. What I really like as well often is when a player is signed will I'll often be tasked with doing a profile of that player. And that will mean talking to their coach, former coaches, journalists that have covered them, watching mm. their clips on Y scout, what have you, you just speaking to representatives of them. And I really enjoy that kind of getting to know a player and invariably that that's the kind of journalist equivalent of watching their highlights on YouTube. Yeah, you, yeah. you can't help but come off those conversations and be like, Oh my God, Spurs have signed an absolute <laughs> world beater here. Um, because, you know, m- most people who know a player well are going to think really highly of them. That happens a but lot, doesn't it? Yeah. There was a, I, was, I was listening to the radio on, um, just this morning and um, there, there was a guy talking about uh, Vieira, this, this new midfielder that Arsenal have signed. And obviously, because I'm a Spurs fan, I don't want that to be a success. I don't want him to be good at all, right? But there's a guy who, who's from Portugal was talking about him like, and I'm listening to the interview and he's talking about him like he's the, the next big thing. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, have they signed a good player here? But there is an element of that. I guess if you're a scout or, or you're interested in Portuguese football, you're going to talk up Portuguese players. But how do you pick yeah. through that then as a journalist? Yeah, that is, that is the challenge a bit. I guess it's sort of, um, you know, with any sourcing, you're trying to, um, you know... <laughs> you're kind of questioning who's saying it, what their motivation might be. Um, Because, yeah, of course, you know, if if Spurs signed a player from the conference, I'm sure it wouldn't be hard to find a player who says this guy is absolutely amazing Um, because, of course, he probably would be at that level. I guess, you know, what you're trying to do is pick through all that and get a sense, okay, well, how good is he really? What are his limitations? Why did other clubs not want him? How well suited actually is he to Spurs? but yeah, I mean the the transfer window is is kind of chaotic, and the the challenge is that there's always stuff going on. You know, you can never f- fully relax because you're like, well, you know, that might be developing. You've got so many, you're juggling so many things, most of which lead absolutely nowhere. Like, I, yeah. the number of players I tell you over the years who I've been invested in signing because I'd got quite far on the story, or because I got quite a lot of background for a piece once they joined, and then they don't. That's the reality of it. Very few actually will join because, especially now with Paratici, his whole thing is that he, you know, has yeah. fingers in a lot of pies. He has lots of different targets. So, it, almost deliberately, there are going to be a lot of players who don't come. 
Yeah, tons of players. And then the ones we are signing seem to be coming out of nowhere, apart from Fraser Forster, who probably isn't going to get the clicks and views of sort of Basuma or Perisic. But Perisic was signed very quickly. Basuma was signed very relatively quickly, just a day or two of, of hearing about it, and it was done. Mm. And yet there is an almost endless supply of players that are being linked with Tottenham. And, it's, and, and by the same token, every player that seems to get linked with Arsenal is then linked with Tottenham. And as fans mm. who are constantly absorbing the content that... That, that journalists are writing um, and not just journalists, blogs and people pretending to be journalists. And then you've got like people with fake accounts that they make look like verified accounts. To <laughs> it's, a mind, it's an absolute minefield for us as fans watching it, but it must be a minefield for, for as a journalist as well. Is what, what point do you go? I have to write about this. And I know athletics slightly different from, a website like Court Offside, where they need every bit of transfer tilts, tilts out. Athletics on a different level to that. But where, where, how do you decide? All right, the current news at the moment is Spurs are going to be bidding for Rafinha. At what point do you think actually I need to start investigating this and, and and look into it? Well, it's based more on what our sources are telling us rather than how it's being covered. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know that said, of course, if you see a really reputable source saying something's happening, you're going to then check that out. But if we checked that out and people we trusted said, no, there's nothing in it, we would take their word for it. And we are so, um, you know, we, we I, I can't speak for other places, but we're very careful with getting stuff double, triple sourced, um, you know, triple sourced really, um, because otherwise, you you know, you can hear something from one person, even if it's a really good source, but they might have the wrong end of the stick or what have you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's more about it's more about that and and making sure that we're getting the information from people we trust and we'll f- we feel confident with it. And you know that said, you'll still get things wrong from time to time. That can happen um, because even really well informed people um, might hear the wrong thing, or there might be a change in semantics that you know. And 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 it's challenging because everything we say as journalists is jumped on so much. Um, yeah which I get because fans are incredibly excited, you know, about the prospects of new signings. But um, the flip side of that is it does mean we have to, we're often a bit more cautious because you know that anything you say will be, uh, will be leapt upon. Also, The Athletic is a subscription-based model rather than a advertising-led model. So it gives you the opportunity and freedom to be a bit more reflective. I guess that the, the, um, the pressures from within the athletic are not the same as ones that are have display ads that need to drive traffic to their website. So I guess you you can take your time. So you don't have to be first. You have to be first with quality as opposed to information. Totally, and also because it is a paid for subscription site, we we could probably bring in a lot of subs- if I did a story saying Spurs are interested in signing Kylian Mbappe, I'm sure that would bring in a ton of subscribers. But those people it brought in would probably be quite quickly pissed off when they realised there true. was nothing in this story. <laughs> and existing subscribers would also probably be a bit miffed. Um, yeah. So that's why we have to, you know, whereas if you're just about getting clicks, then that would generate, and I'm not saying places would do this that cynically, but certainly you might think, you know, it's not necessarily going to happen, but there's enough in this for me to do it as a story. And even if it doesn't come to pass, those clicks haven't gone anywhere. You can still show those to advertisers. Yeah, um, sure. So it, it, is, it is a slightly different model and you do have to be careful. And, and also because your own pride comes in and, you know, every journalist who works in this area would have had times where they went too big with things or they went didn't go big enough. And those things really stay with you. 
Yeah, yeah. I guess the ultimately is the quality of the writing and the information is what will keep you in 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 the conversation and being considered to be one of the go-to people. I think Charlie. I think that's the way people do see it when you when you tweet. People are interested and. Um, uh yeah i just want i don't want to take up too much time in in me just posing questions about the journalistic integrity of the athletic and other <laughs> news outlets. i want to do i do want to go to some of the questions because we had like tons had like nearly 100 so I, obviously we can't get through those but let me ask a couple mark nesbitt he says first off great work on the vftl pod what is the first action the um chfc needs to take to further bridge the gap on the top three and is Alfie Devine next season's answer for our lack of midfield creativity? I know you wrote a piece on Alfie Devine recently. Yes. Uh, so I'll start with the first one. And yeah, thanks. I should I should have plugged that as well. We do View from the Lane as our The Athletics Spurs pod. Yeah, with, um, Brooke, isn't it? Yeah, with Jack and James Moore and hosted by Danny Kelly. Um, on what they need to do to bridge. I mean, it's a tough one that. I, I think the... The mo the area where I've always felt since Conte came in has been most lacking is the wing backs. We've seen that. Um, we saw that again and again last season, and they've uh, you know addressed that with Perisic on the left. I do think getting in a really top class right wing back would be transformative for Spurs, um, given the way Conte plays. You know, I, I, the the vision I I think he has for this Spurs team and that I see is one that overwhelms opposition defenses. And we saw that a bit towards the end of last season when they went on that run where they put five past Newcastle and four past Villa, and their front three was just purring. And I and my vision is that front three doing that, and then you but then you've also got wing backs who terrify opposition defenses rather than you know at, at that point it was uh, well Doherty just got injured, Royale came in who's a kind of good solid fullback. He's not a kind of really exciting wing back. I mean, in, in a fantasy world, and I'm not suggesting for a moment this would happen, someone like Reese James, I think, would be an unbelievable signing for Spurs and would completely Hakimi? elevate them. Hakimi's another one. Yeah, I mean, that that kind of player, I think, would make an enormous difference. I mean, Spurs, that is one of their priority areas. And, you know, Jed Spence is the most likely guy to come in. Um, their other pressing priority is the left centre-back, which a lot of people will be saying, but you know, what about Ben Davis? Um, which I totally get, and I think Ben Davis was incredible last season. I think he was probably the most improved player under Conte. But I guess the idea is, you know, you elevate the team by bringing in someone even better, and you hope that that raises Davis's level even higher. And and you know, they're competing in a lot of competitions this season. It's a constricted season. There are five subs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They need to have a really big squad. I can see why they're doing that. But yeah, given how good Davis has been, if I could only make one um, big signing, I think I would probably go uh, for a right wing back. And then on Alfie Devine, I mean, yeah, I wrote a piece on him that went up this morning and I've written a few pieces on him. He's one of those young guys who uh, there's a lot of excitement around and including from me, you know, and, and you know, this is, uh, I'm sure you have this as well. You're, you, everything in your head is saying, look, I know that, 99.9% of young players don't make it. And how many times have we had our hearts broken by, you know, really investing in a great young yeah. player who then doesn't. But that all being said, uh, I just think there is something about him. And, and that's, you know, come from conversations with people who know a lot about this space, um, you know, who've worked in youth development football for a long time, who have seen him up close. Um, what is it know, about his game, though, that's exciting? Is it? So I think it's the, you know, the talent is one thing, but most youth team coaches will tell you that every player at that level is incredibly talented. 
for me and for them, it's more about his attitude, his application, the way he carries himself. He's just got the, just the right blend of kind of a bit of swagger. Um, you know, he, he knows he's really good, but also the dedication to keep working really hard. And, and speaking to people around the club, what they've said is that Conte, Conte basically wants players, you know, the younger players that come through, he wants them very, very close to being ready to play for the first team. Yes, he might have to make a few adjustments to them, but, you know, he wants guys who he feels he can trust more or less straight away. And Divine mm. fits into that category. And the guy's 17 and he's come into the first team, hasn't been overawed by it, has slotted right in. Um, you know, that's the impression. Is he training with training? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's been training with the first team and he was on the bench for quite a few games at the end of last season, including yeah, the yeah. North London derby. And what I've been told is that that wasn't in a kind of making up the numbers kind of way. That wasn't a, we, we trust this guy. Um, and so I think, but I don't think uh, we want to get ahead of ourselves. I don't think it'll be next season that we see him in the Spurs first team. What I've been told is he'll go out on loan um, next season, which I think is right. The key yeah. thing is just making sure that's a, an Ollie Skip style loan uh, or, you know, to an extent, Troy Parrott at MK Dons because that worked out really well in the end and not one of those where the player goes and it's not the right system or he doesn't mm. play enough. Like you, That's a really difficult thing to get right, but they have to with Divine because they have to make this year count. And then I think the season after the one coming up, he he could he could be ready by then, but but you know that <laughs> I'm doing exactly what I said not to do. Getting ahead, of there's myself. a lot of woulda couldas. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. You don't know, but you're excited by him, and that's exciting to hear as well. Um, there's been a load of questions about Lacelso and Dombele's position, um, and and also what you think our midfield might be based on what you've heard. You know, because we've got four really good midfielders who can play now: Bentancur, Skip, Basuma, and Hobie. Uh, so. Yeah, firstly, what, what do you think is going to happen with Ndombele and Lacelso? Will it be loans? Will they end up having to train mm-hmm. alone? What, what, what? <laughs> well, I think that Lacelso, they will be able to get um, a fee for and hopefully a reasonable one. That The, the thing, though, that, that people that I keep being told by people who work in football recruitment uh, is that there's, I think we underestimate in this country how little money there is in leagues like La Liga compared to the Premier League. It's really, really hard to sell players to uh, teams in that league and let alone other leagues like Ligue 1 and whatever because mm. they just don't have the money and so you're asking these players who are on big big a lot of the time pre-covid wages as in the case of the Celso and Dombele so do they take a big pay cut do you as the club accept a, a massive hit on what you paid and Spurs are prepared to take hits they appreciate that those signings were made in a pre-covid world and there's just no way they're going to get anything like what they got you know we're talking about i think the Celso was about 40 million in the end and Dombele was 50 plus about 55 mm. 56 you know but yeah. clearly that's not going to happen but i think the Celso did did well enough at Villarreal that they they hope they can get something half decent but the, you know you look at Villarreal Champions League semi-finalists last year they're mainly doing loans with options and that sort of thing you know that that's kind of how the market looks and yeah. then in Dombele <laughs> I don't know. I can see, you know, his his contract runs until 2025. I can see him being loaned out again this season, just take the wages or, you know, a really big chunk off. Yeah. I think, I, I, I don't think that's going to be one that, uh, you know, well, maybe Conte, if he goes and Dombele comes back in a year and suddenly there's a coach who's really invested in in, in Dombele in the way that Pochettino was. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think... Uh, Either of those have much of a future at Spurs, certainly under Conte. 
Um, yeah, for sure. And you might see, I mean, you can't, I can't see anything else other than Ndombele being loaned out until the end of his contract where he just mm-hmm. released, on a, released on a free. What, um, yeah, what do you make of that midfield position, though? Because not a huge amount of creativity, but then Conte didn't play with a great deal of creativity in his midfield into Milan either. So, um, what, yeah, what, what, what is our starting yeah, I, I think those options are really good. And they also give Conte the option of playing a 3-5-2 in certain games, you know, playing three of them rather than just two. I think starting the season, Basuma and Benton Kerr will most likely be the starting pair um, with Basuma dropping deeper, picking the ball up, doing that kind of register role that Conte's wanted really since he came in. And they don't really have someone else who can do it. Benton Kerr did a bit of that. But it was actually while he was at Juve, he tried to do that and got quite a lot of criticism for not being at kind of Pirlo levels, yeah. which admittedly is an extremely high bar. But Basuma's arrival should allow Benton Kurt to play a little bit further forward. And I think he'll actually be better there. Um, or Skip, if he if you know he can do that really well. But they, they, it is now a good stable of central midfielders, all of whom should be pushing each other and raising the level. And that's what Conte wants. You know, He wants that genuine competition. And as I was saying before, with the five subs, with the World Cup, with the Champions League, I think what he wants is for us. And, and I know we, we all do this as fans and people who follow the club. We can't help but think in those first 11 terms. Yeah. And to be fair, at the back end of last season, so did Conte because he had a very, very consistent first 11. Yeah. But that was without European football. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of chopping and changing. And, and you know, that, that quartet is part of the reason... Why we understand now that Spurs are not really pushing on Christian Eriksen, um, mm. even though, as you say, he does offer something different. Um, and, you know, that's an example what I was saying before of things can change. You know, we were hearing some, you know, positive noises in that regard until pretty recently. And then at the start of the week, um, you know, what's coming out of Spurs, what we're being told is that they're that's not really something they're going to pursue. Maybe it will change again, but um, yeah, things just change so quickly in this in this uh, yeah, in this imagine. market. Well, Paratici, how did just on you mentioned a bit about Paratici operating the way that he does, whereas we he seems to be spinning multiple plates mm-hmm. constantly. There is no one decision. There's no top target. It seems, or maybe there is, but it doesn't feel like that. What what do you make of how Paratici, as as not as a journalist, just as a football fan, about mm-hmm. he's been operating? Well, I think since he's come to Spurs, broadly his record is pretty good. Um, certainly January was an incredible transfer window. I mean, I don't think there have been many better transfer windows for any top-level Premier League club than bringing in two players who've become automatic starters within about yeah. a week of joining and yeah, yeah. Have basically taken a team from, um, you know, buzzing around the Champions League spots in, into the top four. Mm. So... You know, ultimately, these guys are judged on their records, and Spurs knew what they were getting when they hired him. You know, he is—he has an unbelievable work ethic, a bulging contacts book. He is hammering the phones day in, day out, and he's putting himself in a position where Spurs have two or three really top, realistic targets for each area they're trying to sign. Sometimes more. So, because he's aware, as anyone else is, that. You know things are going to fall. Things are going to fall apart. Um, other teams are going to come in. I mean, look at look at January, and and we think Kulusevski was a, a brilliant signing, which he was, but that came after Luis Diaz. Um, yeah. That deal, which they were really hopeful of doing, was 
hijacked to use kind of football transfer speak um more of that on football cliches um <laughs> by liverpool so that that's just, why that's why you have a kulusevsky waiting in the wings what is what is just on that what what are what are your favorite transfer cliches war chest has got to be up war chest is a big one i mean yeah there's swooped. a lot swooped swooped is good yeah um keeping tabs on <laughs> is kind of i mean i think the the ones that are sort of really vague uh i quite enjoy they they really yeah. do serve a purpose but yeah keeping keeping tabs on is a good one there's just just before we 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 kept <clears throat> came on this call there was um talk of tottenham telling leeds that they were going to make a bid they haven't made a bid they're just going just by the way leeds just need <laughs> you to know that we are going to bid at some yeah. stage what is that about yeah Why not just bid yeah th- well, th- but this is what this is something that is worth keeping in mind like the semantics of these things so You'll often hear a club saying things like "we we didn't we didn't bid for that player," but they what they may well have done is have conversations with the club and said, "Look, we're willing to pay X amount," and the the club have said, "Well, that's not enough. We we demand this." So that's not technically making a bid, mm. but it is you know it's definitely it's... sounding them out and basically saying, "Well, if if." what you're if you'll accept what we're saying we will then make a bid so there's a lot of that sort of thing but yeah i know i am um, readying a bid is another good chance <laughs> yeah. like, we ready a bid. bid ready yeah, like, yeah the, what does that mean yeah. like, what are they doing <laughs> <Take a while>. <laughs> <laughs> just cooking something up um uh, i know i've got like five minutes is that we've got five minutes here yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Gills, uh, he says, are, are Spurs more in Yao Felix? I know this came out um, today. It seems like a, I mean, a massive coup if we could get him, but it just seems like a massive name, big money. Mm. Atletico Madrid were willing to listen to offers. Do you know anything about that at all? That's not one I've heard. Um, yeah. So, Brilliant. I, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I, I'd love to, uh, yeah. you know, and again, it's early days, so that one could develop but no that's not a name i've heard mentioned though the situation does it seem uh, it seems as though it's changed i mean yeah the, the thing is they want a another attacker rafinha richarlison um i think richarlison is higher up that priority list yeah but yeah so they but if those don't work then there, there are plenty of others um who, who they will look at but at the moment yeah felix is not someone i've heard mentioned as a as a priority uh, you mentioned the, the the back three and obviously the left hand side to work with or cover Ben Davies or uh, uh, take Ben Davies's place. Um, so we've been linked with Pal Torres and Dicker. We've been linked with Bastoni at the beginning of the window. In in your estimation, based on what you've heard, are any close? Are we are we in 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 any way close to solving that problem at all? And who might that be? If so, no, I. I haven't heard that there there have kind of been major developments with any of those but what i would say is that i don't i wouldn't i don't think bastoni is completely dead in the water um there there is still a world in which that happens you know inter of many many times before we've had kind of players from there saying you know agents or whatever say no he's not going to cut he's not going to leave he loves inter etc etc and then things change yeah, why why are already into players so bloody happy yeah, it is weird. I, I know, you know, Lautaro Martinez, Martinez is another one who uh, seems to be loving life there and, and doesn't want to move. Um, yeah. I guess living in Milan, there are probably worse places to be, aren't there? But I think yeah. there's, there's also an element to which some agents will come out and say that so that if and when the player does move, 
they can kind of be like, well, you know, it, it weren't me, Gov. You know, I, I said a month ago, I'm actually loved it. But yeah. unfortunately, the club needed to make a sale sort of thing. So that's, that, and, and that's, you know, what we're talking about before is knowing who to trust and how much to kind of take things at face value. Uh, always thinking about what someone's possible motivation, you know, why is someone telling you that? And, and you know, you're saying as well about some of the deals coming out of nowhere. Well, often that's because it, if you really are close to closing a deal, you don't want it out there. You're going to be extremely cautious. Whereas hypothetically speaking, if you're trying to drum up interest or whatever, you might just give a journalist a little bit of like, oh, have you heard that, you know, Real Madrid are, are interested in, in my client? And, you know, that goes out there. That might potentially yeah. spook a club into hurrying up and be like, you know, we better get this deal done. Real Madrid are after our target. So there's all that going on. Yeah, I mean, so like some someone who responded to that tweet, I, I tweeted this, something to the same effect as what we've just talked about in terms of them being happy, and and he said the same thing. He said he suggested that it's not in the players' best interest to say I want out unless they mm. desperately do want out because there is roots back. And Bastoni's is best Inter is Bastoni's club, you know. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fans love him, so there'd be nothing yeah. to gain. That I'm sure that move can happen if he wanted it, and without him sullying his relationship with the exactly. fans. And the club, um, Charlie. I'll, I'll leave it there just because I'm, I'm conscious of your time. But I'd love to have you back on and talk more in the in the summary if you have more time for us. Not that you're going to say no right now, but you might. <laughs> you can you can afterwards. Yeah, if you, you like. can do one. <laughs> you can follow Charlie on Twitter. It's at cd eccleshare e double and obviously subscribe to Athletic if you want to read more of Charlie's stuff. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. 
And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.